social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Well, good morning, one and all. It is Wednesday. It is November 10th. And, you know, it was interesting seeing former Rhode Island Governor, now Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo. There she was, podium of the White House yesterday. You know, I thought I'd go the rest of my life without hearing this phrase, but I was wrong. All during COVID last year, all we'd hear about is equity. Everything was equity. Equity everything. Uh, I used to question, why does Block Island and let's just say Jamestown have the same COVID restrictions as Central Falls? The infection rates are literally 100 times worse because of equity. Because of equity under the Raimondo, Dr. Scott notion of, quote, equity. Everybody's got to be treated the same. Now, See, I, I don't think that pans out. I understand everyone should be treated fairly and treated the same, but not if there were then certain conditions that would make more sense not to treat everyone in equity, such as think of an emergency room. Someone comes in and says, I don't feel well. Okay, sit over there, have a seat. Suddenly the doors burst open. They're bringing someone in that has a gunshot wound, right? Emergency surgery. I guess under equity... Nope, you wait your turn behind these three other people that have unknown underlying illnesses. That's not the way it works. And when it came time to administer the vaccine, they immediately started giving it out in Providence and Central, For Central Falls first. Why? Was it because of equity? No. They said because that's where the infections are worse. That's where people need it more. So yesterday there was... The biggest stage there is, the White House press briefing. Commerce Secretary Raimondo, equity is everything, according to Secretary Raimondo. It's be a massive undertaking for the Department of Commerce, uh, but we're up for it. We've been planning for months, and we're up for it. We plan to work in close collaboration with states, counties, cities, community-based organizations, and the private sector in partnership to develop grant programs which will ensure that we roll this out in an efficient manner. Uh, broadband is the gateway to economic opportunity, and so in order to open that gateway, we're putting equity at the center of everything we do. Everything is equity. All right, let's go to The View. Democrat Adam Schiff actually gets eviscerated, surprisingly, for his role in promoting disinformation during the Russian collusion hoax. A lot of people were surprised that, quote, The View went after Adam Schiff in this way. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Well, first of all, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. Uh, and they are. Uh, and unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. uh, so Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, if people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, but at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations fake. should be investigated. Fake, we could have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump then campaign. And to be clear, he was fired halfway through the campaign. Well, he may have been fired. Yeah. But the, the effort to get Russian help continued, and even beyond the effort to get Russian help, but you the may president help also spread Russian disinformation get... yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. It's another to say that we guy. should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But, but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability uh, for... I can't listen to him anymore. Adam Schiff, who... Uh, all right, it's very juvenile, but every time they say, you know... They're trying to say an insurrection. These guys always slip up, and it's just stupid. The but they did for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping them in the next election. Mm. 
which he did, uh, into inciting an erection, uh, insurrection, which he did. I know it's stupid. I, I know it's stupid. You know who else, um, folks, it's no surprise to me that Greg, Greg Gutfeld is doing so well because then Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Stephen Colbert, and I've never been a fan really of Jimmy, Can- Jimmy Fallon, they, they just, they've just picked up the mantra of the far left in the Democrat Party. This is Kimmel saying the reason people don't like Kamala Harris is because, because Americans are sexist and racist. Is it possible that they just see her as an empty suit who's not doing a good job? You can get the American people fired up. It's infrastructure. So, and Biden is alone. If Americans really aren't happy with his vice president, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has an approval rating of 28%, which is makes no sense because she basically has nothing to do. I mean, it's like <laughs> criticizing a backup quarterback. Tom Brady is okay. I don't love the way Blaine Gabbert has his legs folded on the bench. I have to be honest. She's supposed to be in charge of the border. 28% is even lower than the 30% who approved of Dick Cheney in 2008 after he shot a guy in the face. It's an accident. These people are forgetting that at least 10% of of those polled approved of Dick Cheney because he shot a guy in the face. I think I know why Kamala's ratings are low, besides sexism and racism, which are the obvious ones. It's because whenever Ah. she's next to Joe, standing near him, behind him, she looks like an assassin. She looks like Nebula next to Thanos, ready to, right? Sexism and racism, actually, it's it's neither. Listen, if, if she were doing a good job, it would show. He's not doing a good job. She is supposed to be at the border. She doesn't. She has odd quirks. She's she's not. She was not a serious candidate. She is only there because first he said he was going to choose a woman. Then he said after the whole situation with George Floyd, well, all right, for to create peace in the country, I'll have to pick a woman of color. So people see through that. But if she were doing a good job, she'd be rewarded for it. They put her out there. Kimmel's playing fast and loose with the truth a little bit. Now, folks, also, I did want to follow up again. Uh, Governor McKee. This uh, latest now, apparently there's an investigation at Elena Slater Hospital. So that makes four investigations with uh, Governor McKee. I think he's he's going down a losing alley trying to pick this fight with Channel 12. Um, from what we understand, or it seems to be that he thinks a lot of the Channel 12 information is being fueled and funneled to them, so to speak, from other candidates. But nonetheless, um, to try to pick a fight with them and think he's going to come out on top, I don't, I don't see that as a winning strategy. And then also, folks, more and more people, you're very welcome at thanking me for calling attention to this fake story that happened at Providence College, where you had some young teenagers, seemingly of color, that live in the Chad Brown area that's right near the PC campus, and they caused some problems over in the PC campus and in and around the campus on Saturday night. And then Saturday night, video caught them. Uh, writing the N-word in frost on some certain cars. One of the cars turned out to be one of the members of the PC basketball team, who's a person of color. And their initial reaction was white supremacist, hate crime, uh, right-wing leaning, uh, white supremacist, Republicans on campus, you know, BLM, let's get the rally going. This is unacceptable. And instead, it turns out, according to the video, if you look at it, just looks like a bunch of young black kids that live in Chad, Chad Brown. And my question is, and it's a serious one, <clears throat> you know, if they did the N-word, which apparently they did, allegedly, in one of the cars, is that really a hate crime? If a young black kid from Chad Brown writes the N-word in frost on someone's car, is that a hate? How is that a hate crime? How are they committing a hate crime? Well, that's a slur. Yeah, but a slur to who? The white administration at PC seems more upset about it than anyone else. All right, a lot more head. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, MEGA, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Whether it's commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, also Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery. Listen, you're trying to run your business. You need MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 336 
2110. You need it fixed. You need, need it fixed in a hurry, and you need it fixed right. Call MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair today. Remember, free estimates, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, and if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. If you've been out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional, and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401 401-321- or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's fall. Very soon, the heating season will be here. Let J. Kale Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. JKL, energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J. Kale Engineering design and install a high-efficiency infinity heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L., carrier factory authorized dealer, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today at 401 351 7600 they do it right they do it right the first time they're licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts jkl 401-351-7600 folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website petro.com joining me right now he is a columnist with the boston globe it is dan mcgowan and dan i'd like to start off you wrote an interesting piece that Boy, Rhode Island, uh, when it comes to math, the state and the education certainly have their challenges uh, in front of them. Yeah, this is, you know, kind of a, an offshoot of, of what we talked about just a couple of weeks ago with the RICAS scores. But I mean, when you see that only 20% of kids in the entire state are considered proficient in math, um, you know, there's a real problem here. And, you know, as I sort of reported out my column what I started to realize is there's a, there's a whole bunch of factors that need to be addressed. Um, and namely, one of them is there, there's a major pipeline, teacher pipeline issue right now um, where you're not seeing the URIs or the RICs of the world graduating enough teachers, um, particularly math or science, um, and so, you know, the how do you improve it? Well, how do you improve it without teachers uh, is a real, real challenge here. But to really get into the, you know, the basic facts of this, I mean, you are more likely right now, if you're, a, if you're an elementary or middle school student, you're more likely to be not meeting any expectations at all than you are to be meeting all of the expectations. Um, you know, and you remember that's grade level, so it, de- it depends on which grade you're in, but uh, the, the, this is a crisis that the state's dealing with. And you, know, you think about what this means long-term, you, know, you and I might say, oh boy, I don't remember a single thing. I sat in a math class the other day to watch a teacher and I didn't know what, you know, it was seventh grade math. I, I didn't remember exactly what was being taught. The challenge is, is that you know, as students are, are as, as, jo- as jobs change and as sort of we, we move into a very kind of innovative and uh, technology driven economy, un- having some basic fundamentals when it comes to math um, is even more important than maybe when you or I were in school. And so 
uh, it's a real challenge and you just don't hear our leaders really talking about it. Um, even the teachers that I talked to said to me, you know, it feels like there's so much emphasis on English, on reading and for good reason, right? We want our kids to be able to read at grade level um, too, but there's so much less focus on the math and the math is probably the real crisis that our state's facing. And Dan McGowan, there's some interesting quotes and if you wouldn't mind just touching on uh, talking with some of the people in your column, and I don't just mean the education commissioner, but the, there are some people that do see that it's a problem and certainly have some thoughts on, th- this is something it sounds that I like, that it's really a cultural shift that needs to take place that otherwise it's, it, it doesn't, uh, if, if the state continues on this path, it, it's just not going to improve. Well, here's a great example, right? So, so I sat in a class the other day at Blackstone Valley Prep, one of the mayoral academy and charter schools. You know, we talk a lot about how the, the charters, you know, tend to outperform their traditional public schools, especially in the urban districts. And th- this is no, um, you know, no exception. The, the Blackstone Valley Prep very much outperforms, you know, the, the public schools in Central Falls or Pawtucket, um, even Lincoln to some degree. And you sit in this math class and John, I, I kid you not, I walked in, sat down and for it, within five minutes, I knew that this teacher that was teaching this class was a phenomenal teacher, right? She's, you know, she's got every kid, seventh graders, she's got every kid engaged, answering questions, raising their hands. I mean, it's, it's what you would think of when you think of a good classroom so we we step outside for just five minutes to chat you know after her class and she says to me um yeah the biggest problem is i'm actually not not fully certified to teach in rhode island uh i'm i'm you know i'm certified for elementary uh education but now i'm teaching middle school i'm clearly you know qualified to do it but you know i took my classes online at one of the you know i think it was the university of phoenix and they can't that you know uh, rhode island college won't accept my my transfer credits all these kind of things so you have a basic issue of the good even the good teachers in some cases are having real problems and then we talked even more and this woman name was Alyssa Church, like I said, just an excellent teacher. She just kept on emphasizing that, you know, when I was in school, even when, when I was in school for teaching, she said, there was so much emphasis on, on teaching kids to read, on, on English language arts. Um, and she, I think she told me she had taken for, for, for an elementary uh, certification. I think she said that she's like, I think, I think one math class, one math teaching class compared to probably a dozen uh, you know, reading type classes. Um, and she said, it's a cultural shift. You need, like, people are scared of math. And look, you and I got into journalism probably for a reason. I hated math when I was a kid. Right. I, I get it, right? Um, but she said, you know, we have to have that cultural shift. You have to focus on it. And what you see at the schools that that get results, places like the charter schools, and by none of those would, would say that they're doing things perfectly either. But double math classes, right? Uh, you know, requiring mean, at Blackstone Valley Prep, if you were, you know, if, if you struggled in math last year, you were required to go to summer school um, and, uh, you know, and take extra, you know, remedial courses and work with, with, with teachers. So there are ways to do this to really kind of emphasize it to kids. Um, but it's not, you know, it's almost like, you know, we're, we're less than two weeks from the, the, the RICAS scores being released. I, I don't even hear anybody talking about it anymore. Yeah. So and, it, it's a major challenge. And, and Dan McGowan, and again, folks, speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, I, I just want to reiterate, I, I agree with you, and I don't think enough people understand. We're, we're not talking about, you know, that they're just doing the average. By and large, the state as a whole, the students are unable to do math at grade level. At the grade right. level, that's right. It is. It is a major crisis. It should be a major crisis. Uh, it's going to hold back. If there were some other subjects, um, I think there'd be more talk about it. Yeah. Or can urgency. you imagine? Can you imagine if 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 we were saying that eighty percent of kids couldn't read at grade level? And by the way, right. again, those numbers aren't aren't that great. And I'll give you another example. I talked to. I didn't sit in this class, but I talked to a teacher in Providence. Now, so, you know, you could say like, oh, well, you, you know, you got to see a great teacher at a charter school. Well, I talked to a teacher in Providence, by all accounts, from her colleagues, from doing a little bit of research, excellent teacher as well. And I said, you know, what's it like? And this is a middle school teacher in Providence. She said to me, well, you know, 
the challenge is, is that the range of of uh, skill level that comes into my classroom. She said, I have kids that are still counting, doing addition on their fingers. Yeah. Um, you know, she's like, that's first first grade level math. Wow. And, you know, my job is to teach sixth or seventh grade math. And I have to teach. Right. I'm expected by you know, by the state standards and by all that stuff, I'm, I'm expected to teach that level of math. How, how am I supposed to do it? And she wasn't making, you know, she, she grew up in Providence, went to school, but she wasn't trying to make an excuse. She was just saying, here's the real challenge that we're dealing with that you, you literally have kids in the sixth, seventh grade who, who can't do very basic math, let alone, you know, start to talk about circumference or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Dan McGowan also, as much as we will touch on the current governor, I like the fact you, um, boy, you know, despite the Biden administration having some problems, vice president having some problems. Meanwhile, Commerce Secretary, former Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, not only yesterday, there she was at the podium at the White House, but as you and you were the only one that I saw write about it, she's uh, ready for her first trip to Asia. Yeah. And, and let's be, you know, very uh, clear about this. When you go to when you're going to Asia at a moment right now where, where there, there's very high tension with China. Now she's not meeting with anybody uh, in China from what I can, from what I've, uh, what I understand, she's going to be in Japan and Singapore, uh, I think in Malaysia. Um, But, you know, that's a high profile move. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's not uncommon for the commerce secretary to to be kind of uh, traveling all across the world, but, you know, the moment where you'd think the secretary of state would be the one kind of making these sort of trips. uh, It shows you that, you and I have talked about this ever since she joined the administration. Um, she's not your traditional kind of low-level cabinet secretary. I think she's Definitely thought not. of she's thought of very highly. Job that tends, you know, most of us couldn't tell, you know, the basics of what the commerce secretary does, other than the nope. you know the the word the title. But uh, you know, like you said, she's there. You know, at the White House, at the press conference yesterday, she's played a major. I mean. Was a, there was a profile on her just a couple of weeks ago. I think the Associated Press did it. I mean, it was the it was like the nicest thing ever written about her. It's just yeah. you know, all, all about how she's uh, you know she's doing this one step at a time, and the Republicans love her, and the Democrats love her. Uh, she is keeping up her um, her you know high profile kind of uh, within that administration, and I think it won't be long. You know, usually you can count two years in you start to see changes in the administration. I think it won't be long before you start to hear, you know, is she going to be a candidate for treasury? Is she going to right. be a candidate for something else? Um, I, I think there's no question that her stock is very high within the Biden administration. And Dan McCowan, you agree that this is turning out to be, listen, it's not easy. And, uh, but Governor Mundo, who is a very dedicated, uh, gifted student, she, by and large, here it is, you know, left in uh, late February, early March. Now it's November going to the holidays. Seemingly right now, I, I think she's one of the higher regarded individuals in the Biden uh, administration and cabinet. I think it's, I think it's, it's crystal clear that, that that seems to be the case. And, and you know, the thing, the thing about this is, is when you're taking the job, right, for her, again, somebody who, who thought very highly of herself, and yep. somebody who, who obviously had the uh, you know, the educational background and how to connect, you know, when, when, when you start to look at these, the jobs, right. I mean, you think about this a year ago, or maybe let's say 18 months ago, you know, she's actually on the, the short list getting vetted for vice president. Right. And she looks at this and she starts to think about, you know, what, what, what's my job? What am I going to do within the administration or, or should I just stay as governor? And the thing is, is, you know, being the governor of Rhode Island is, it's a fun job, right? You do get, it's, it's stressful, but you're, you know, you're the center of the universe when it comes to Rhode Island. Uh, you know, the way she handled kind of COVID, she was on television constantly. Uh, you know, it, it, I think she probably had to look at this and say, do I really want to kind of have this, this, what is traditionally a sleepy job? Um, you know, especially after I had Vice President dangled, I had Health and Human Services uh, yep. dangled, you know, those kind of things. And she has turned the commerce office, you know, into a, a, a machine. I mean, yes. a player when it comes to the, the infrastructure bill, a player when it's going to come to, if there is a social spending plan that gets passed uh, and now an international player, uh, you know, I, I think again, the sky's the limit for her. And I think people listen to you and I, and they're like, wait a minute, she couldn't get you hip right. 
<laughs> whatever she's got, she 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 has sold it to the Biden administration. There's no question about that. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. MEGA 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Whether it's commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, also Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery. Listen, you're trying to run your business. You need MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. 508 508- 336-2110. Trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. You need it fixed. You need it fixed in a hurry, and you need it fixed right. Call MEGA truck and trailer repair today. Remember, free estimates, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, and if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, the primary for uh, governor, gubernatorial primary, Democrat side, that's happening in just uh, 10 months. It's going to be next September. The election will now be a year from now statewide. And I did want to just touch on, um, this is a little bit more of an inside baseball social media thing, but I did pick up on your comment. And Governor McKee, your former colleagues, Channel 12, Tim White, Ted Nisi, and also Eli Sherman, they, they have done, what they're doing is excellent investigative journalism. There's, there's nothing, uh, you know, uh, with a bias towards it or anything like that. But them digging in deep on this contract controversy, and then we they release and find out the documents they were getting for, let's call it what it is. The McKee people were kind of playing games with them as yep. far as the, the name of the individual. Boy, Dan McGowan, that, I mean, th- that does not serve someone well when you're a year out from a primary. Well, it's just, I mean, John, it feels like we talk about this every week. It, yeah. He gets such bad advice um, and, and you gotta, it's not, you know, decisions on, and we should say that, so basically you, you nailed it when channel 12, you know, channel 12 has been doing a great job throughout covering this consulting contract with this ILO group that has some connections to McKee and, and things like that. And what they, what they found was basically, I hate to say this is fairly common in government. They found that. Uh, the administration basically was withholding documents that they very clearly, the, the reporters were very clearly requesting. Yeah. And there are all kinds of ways to do this in government. You know, classic tactic is to say, well, it's executive privilege. And because we, the, the governor's office, the governor himself, um, the, the legislators in Rhode Island are not subject to our open records laws. So you sometimes see that. Sometimes you see, you know, all kinds of different things in this case, and this is particularly egregious, I think, what they were doing was they, the, the administrator, the, the reporters, Channel 12, basically asked for, you know, we want this level of documents with all these work, you know, code words in them, let's say McKee or, you know, uh, education, whatever, it doesn't matter what they are. And the, the administration, the, the attorneys for the administration just didn't include um, uh, certain words that very clearly were being requested and, and basically got caught. And like I said, you know, I, I can remember being a young reporter here in Rhode Island and uh, early on covering the, the mayor of Providence, I think it was, Cicel, uh, it was Tavares at the time. And there were lots of ways to, you know, to pull one over on me, right? I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I thought I right. was asking the right questions. And what, what I learned and what I said that the Channel 12 people I know will do now is I just became relentless about public records in the early days of the Tavares administration. Yep. I, would, I would just send a dozen requests every single day about a bunch of different things because I couldn't trust them. I didn't believe they were doing yeah. it. And that's what's going to happen here where, you know, if, if the administration is kind of playing games with the reporters on, on public records, what else are they playing games with? That's right. Um, 
you said it best. Look, it is this kind of stuff is inside baseball. It's not something that bubbles up to the average person, but here's where it will connect because everyone's going to kind of go in with this sort of lack of trust for the administration. You're going to uncover more, right? right. It's good. People are going to keep digging and you're going to keep finding out things. And that's where they, they, this administration just, they have not played the long game here. They keep, you know, I, I've said this to you three times now, I think. It, I think they started the football game of, of the governor's race with a 14 nothing lead, and they, they are just sitting on the ball. They just don't want any mistakes to happen. And suddenly it's 14-13, or you could argue yeah. they're down. You could argue they're losing at this point. Um, and they just don't know how to kind of get past some of these scandals. And, and Dan McCowan, I, I was there last, I went last week to the, his press briefing and this, this animosity that they have towards Channel 12, yeah. they get trying to deny it. Channel 12 has done a very good job. They did a very good job with the Tony Silver investigation, then yep. with the, the contract. He's, he's on four investigations. Granted, Bod Craddock, he, he uh, inherited him. So I'm, I'm not really holding yeah. that against them. But then now he's, he's got this new thing with Eleanor Slater. But even with last week when Governor McKee was doing, should have been kind of, I don't know if it made any sense. I think that like, what, 40 people went or 39 people went. But this fun thing of, oh, come down, you get a scratch ticket. But right. in the press release, they said, and there will be Rhode Island's man from WJR, Gene Bellasenti. And this is nothing against Gene, who I, I've known for a long time and I'm friendly with. But, but Channel 10 had nothing to do with that, that appearance. That was from the radio. That was from the governor being on WPRO. So then they put up the follow-up, and then WPRO's not mentioned at Channel 10. I, I just And at the press briefing. Governor McKee looked up, and I swear he looked right at Steph Rashado. It was like, and we were there with Rhode Island's anchorman. Like, what is this animosity towards Channel 12? You know, the old expression of you don't argue with someone that buys ink by the barrel. I, I would also now amend that to, I don't know if I'm picking a fight with right now, and Parker Gavigan's leaving 10. I, I would say that your old stomping grounds, they have the best investigative team in the market. I don't know if I'd go out of my way to poke them in the eye. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, as somebody who worked there, I'd like to, I honestly, I think one of the best investigative teams in the region. I mean, they're yes. fantastic and they're doing, and, and you just hit it. Like, here's the thing is, is the governor's office were, and, and this is coming from the very top, the governor himself believes that there is sort of a, an effort to yeah. take him down. Right. Yeah. And Here's the thing, like, is that, is it true that there are people, namely the other candidates for governor who, who want him to, right. you know, look as bad as possible? The answer, of course, is yes, but you cannot read anything or, or watch anything that Channel 12 has reported and say, oh, well, that, you know, that was kind of, that was flimsy or that was inaccurate. That's the thing is like, if the goods are there, the goods are there. And I, I think you, you, you nailed it. You know, one of the things that there's a guy who used to work in Governor Chafee's office. Your listeners will get a kick out of this. There's a guy who, who was there for a while. He's gone on. He's actually ended up in the journalism field in, in, in Washington. And he was a young person working for Link Chafee. So, right, let's say 2011. And yeah. he, one of his jobs was to listen to you on the radio. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it was to, you know, see what, see what they're talking about. And yeah. it wasn't to, it wasn't to like, you know, try to try to say that you've done something wrong. It was to say, what's, what's the, what, what's catching fire, right? What's right. the buzz? What, what are people talking about? Yeah. And then you get, you got, you got ended up in a new administration where Gina Romano didn't care about any of us. She, ge right. she generally, she generally ignored us. Um, or she ignored the any you know so-called scandal, right? She just didn't care about that stuff. This governor is a lot more like Lincoln Chafee. He yeah. he himself listens to radio, watches the news, reads everything, um, and he's he's just become very conspiratorial. And again, Channel Twelve's doing a great job. Are they? Is it possible that you know they're pouring on kind of gasoline on the fire because they feel like they've got something absolutely it's what we all do there's yep. there's no agenda there beyond no. that. the governor he just can't get away from it no folks quick break a lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro show if you're ever in an accident pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today 401-272-3340 
Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401 401- 272-3340 West Fountain Auto Body located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence they'll work for you not the insurance company if you're in an accident call West Fountain today get it repaired 401-272-3340 we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe Dan Saturday uh was one of those days I'll be honest I I feel like how many hours was I there and I wish I can't get those hours back I arrived North Kingstown Shortly after 8 o'clock, we were there till over 3 o'clock. Uh, as soon as I saw Tim White there, but then Amanda Milkovitz of the Boston Globe was there. She was there for the duration. And, folks, in the Globe today, you can read. I'll tell you, she has been right on this Aaron Thomas, North Kingstown story, Dan McGowan. Yeah, and, and kind of, again, you know, I think Amanda and I think Channel, the Channel 12 guys have kind of led the way on this story in many ways. And, uh, you know, the more that comes out, the more you're, you're realizing, I think the worst part, for me, at least as a someone who's you know paying attention to this but is not involved day to day, the worst part is is just how many people seem yeah. to know and in some cases seem to flag it. You know, like I have no nothing against victims who who you know victims or people you know the, the players who are like yeah that was weird but you know we all kind of went through it and we've all moved on or most of us have moved on and it was fine. Like it's fine that they, that they decided not in the moment to tell anybody, but you're realizing, I mean, you know, that school department, you know, was certainly made aware of it. I think, uh, you know, a big question that I have is how many of the coaches seem to be, you know, aware of that. Yes. Um, there were, there were a lot of folks who, who were, who knew this, um, who had it flagged, and um, and yeah, the report. I think this is gonna. This isn't gonna die by any means. It's gonna continue no. to go. And you know, I know there's some question about whether or not there's you know there's gonna be charges here, but there needs deserves to be you know a reckoning here where I think every kid needs to be every player for the last two decades probably needs to be talked to at some point. And um, you know, the, I think the North Kingstown really needs to kind of take a look in the mirror because there were. You know, there were enough warning signs here where folks should have spoke up before. Absolutely. Leaders should have spoke up. I well, say. we're finding out more, and and I think uh, Amanda, to her credit, has also pointed out is there also seems to be a pattern that it was it was done more with more of the like the younger fourteen, fifteens, yep. freshmen, sophomores, and then they everyone thought everyone was going through it, but apparently, when the kids were a lot of the juniors, seniors, they were not having it done. So. I don't think that that story is going away. And again, um, you know, there you have media camped out on Saturday. They come out and that superintendent would not give anybody time of day. He ends the statement, gets in the car. I don't I don't think that's a a winning strategy. You know what? So it's it's certainly not a winning strategy. It's an awful strategy. What's disappointing is that superintendent, Auger, uh, I think it's how you say his name, uh, is considered to be an excellent superintendent. I think he was right. I think it was the superintendent of the year just a couple of years ago, um, yep. widely, you know, regarded. And you wonder, I mean, how much certainly this certainly appeared to be on his plate and, and how much, you know, I'd like to hear from him because again, he's a credible guy. It's not like, you know, Joe Schmo who, you know, got right. the job because of his father or something like you're he's supposed to be a good superintendent. Tell us where the mistakes were made. It doesn't have to be, you deserve to, you know, hang on the tree, right? It should be like, you know, tell us why, why didn't something happen? And maybe there's at least an explanation that, um, you know, that, that maybe none of us are going to like, but maybe there's at least some explanation of, well, you know, didn't have a accuser or we didn't have, you know, the evidence to bring it to law enforcement. I don't know what it is. 
but for a guy who again is credible as somebody I, somebody I certainly respect at least on the education side of this um, I'd like to hear from him and and at the very least know what everyone got wrong that's right folks we're speaking with David Gowd of the Boston Globe and Dan I, I do want to just take your pulse on two races one is race for governor and second race is mayor of Providence starting with race for governor uh, another week goes by Helena folks still not doing media but Seemingly out there doing some kind of a poll, um, Seth Magaziner, they were all still kind of laying low, which is surprising because the first debate could be, you know, six, seven months from now. But uh, just what are your thoughts right now on the, the state of the race for governor? Well, I think, John, the first I, I could see a scenario if I'm Channel 12, right, who, who, who I think we would agree. Generally, Tim White does, I think, the best job with these debates. If I'm Channel 12, I'd be saying. Hey, like, let's get through holiday season, but February, March, yeah. it's not crazy to have, no. you know, uh, with, with this large of a field, uh, yeah. I, I think it's not crazy to be, you know, only a couple of months away, maybe from, you know, your first debate. Um, you know, it, it is, it's very status quo, much about them, everybody, you know, wanting to raise the money. And you, you're right, Helene folks from all accounts appears to be in the field right now, or maybe she just wrapped up uh, polling. You know, what what's she going to get back? She's going to get back probably what many of us would already know. It's not like any, she's not going to have massive name recognition. It's going to be about what do people think of your opponents, particularly the governor, right? Because he's the yep. one that he knows. And then, you know, what is your path, right? Do people like the businesswoman from the pharmacy, you know, from the big pharmacy? Uh, or is there, a, is there another narrative that's going to work? So she's testing out kind of what, you know, how this will all work. I think, um, look, you know, we're going to wake up on January 31st, the next time all these guys have to report their campaign finance reports and the world's going to have changed because yeah. Helena Folks is going to have, you know, a couple of million dollars in, in her account, whether it's raised or a check that she wrote. Um, you know, I would be stunned if she's not the leader financially by that time, you know, Seth Magaziner is going to be there with that money. I do think, I think Dan McKee used it in the last segment. You know, he's a guy who started out with the lead and he's just trying not to fumble the ball. He's right. kind of running in place. Whereas it feels to me like Seth Magaziner has done a lot of the things that he needed to do to kind of emerge up. But we still, to your point, we still haven't seen anything uh, you know, we have still haven't seen any major proposals. We haven't seen anything that really kind of shakes the earth. And then the other big question, I'm curious what you think, John, we haven't seen the Republican side really start to heat up. And I wonder what the what the path there will be. Yeah. And especially I, I, I mean, I know there are some people or at least one solid name that is, is certainly looking at it. And uh, the, the, I think the path could be there, especially as the Biden presidency continues to yep. be unpopular, this unpopular. Hey, you saw in New Jersey where, you know, Biden won New Jersey by 16, won by Virginia by 10. And right. both of those races, New Jersey still being counted. This could be a scenario if the right type of race was run by a Republican. Boy, they've never had a better opportunity than they would next year. Depend on the person. The, the, I, I totally agree with that. The thing about this is, is you know, one of the, the interesting things, there, there are certain times where issues in purple states um, you know, that, that become very hot. Let's say critical race theory to some degree, you know, if that was a major issue in that race in Virginia, it, 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 I, I tend to be a little bit more skeptical that it peaks up in very blue states. But here's the thing. the If you look at, I think the last polling that I saw, Rhode Island specific, but Biden's approval rating was somewhere in the low 50s. Yeah. This is a guy who who, you know, Trump was like, 80% unpopular in Rhode Island. So yeah. you're not talking about, you know, even in even in blue, blue Rhode Island, folks are not loving the way this president is kind of handling things. And so it doesn't have to then become about, you know, kind of squishy issues that, you know, again, play maybe more in other states. This, this starts to become about, you know, the old, the classic, are you feeling better than you were, you know, last year or two years ago, what direction are we going in? And that's what, you know, from, I was, this is before my time, you, you would know better, but, I mean, that was kind of the, the angle that Kachiri played when he won. Um, and I feel like that, that could be the way to, to the path here as well. 
that and, and, and people in the state, I mean, it's kind of nationwide, but they're, they're just kind of unhappy. People don't yeah. like the mandates. And where I think Governor McKee could actually get hurt is he's going to be seen as the incumbent. Maybe in the past, yeah. the incumbent being the incumbent would be a positive thing. I, I don't think it helps. It goes to advantage with this type of climate. And what about the boy, the race for uh, mayor of Providence, Dan McGowan? It's uh, it's pretty quiet right now. I know there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but it certainly doesn't seem to be like any surprise candidate coming in. No, you've got four candidates. You've got the former council president, Michael Solomon. He's yep. he's all in. He's committed. He's put in a couple of hundred thousand dollars. He's running. You've got Brett Smiley, who is, you know, Gina Raimondo's kind of top person. He's been the kind of the leader uh, when it comes to fundraising. He's sort of the probably the best known candidate, I would say. Uh, you got a guy, Gonzalo Cuervo, comes also from government. And then you've got the councilwoman, Mirva LaFortune. The only thing that's really kind of newsworthy right now in that race is that given the climate <laughs> we're, talk- we're talking about, you know, in a place like Providence, which is very blue, um, yeah. you know, you would, you would expect a, a person who, co- who comes out and says, you know, I've got the qualifications. I want to be the first female mayor. I want to be the first black mayor of Providence. Yeah. That's near the fortune. You would think that she'd be resonating in a more, in a bigger way. But you go look at her fundraising report. She raised $16,000 in the last quarter. By comparison, uh, I think Brett Smiley raised about $120,000 in wow. the last quarter. So, she, you know, she the, the, the big thing right now is that the female candidate, who again, should have a lot of advantages um, in a in a very blue place is really struggling and who knows I mean it's a long time out and you start to see things come together maybe you know the first three months of 2022 but right now it really looks like a three-person race between Solomon Smiley and Cuervo yeah folks each day I start off with an email it's called roadmap has everything from college basketball which I love that <laughs> to what's going on in the day there's also links uh, Dan Shaughnessy's got a new book coming out uh, great, great quotes about Larry Bird. And by listening right now, Dan McGowan, if you could be kind enough to offer it to anyone who's listening, folks, and it's free and you start the day with all the news you need, plus links to all these stories in the Boston Globe. Yeah, and, and can't reiterate it enough. Completely free. You get it every weekday morning. And all you have to do, you don't have to write anything other than send me a blank email. Hop on your phone right now. Send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com rinews at globe.com if it's blank and it happens today i'll know what it is we'll sign you right up uh, and you'll start getting roadmap first thing tomorrow morning folks he's dan mcgowan dan great job as always we'll talk to you again thanks john have a good one mega logistics mega call them today 401 401-431-2300 2300 mega logistics everything you need to run your business efficiently whether you have freight freight goods third-party brokerage warehousing transportation custom freight supply chain management routing or maybe it's bill auditing customer developing a proven track record with fortune 500 companies you can depend on mega logistics call them today 401 401- 431-2300. You have enough, enough challenges trying to run your business. Let Mega Logistics help you do that. Call them today, 401-431-2300, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Again, if you have freight, freight, goods, warehousing, transportation, third-party brokerage, you can depend on Mega Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300 for MEGA Logistics. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depetro.com, depetro.com. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, 
general masonry projects give them a call today free estimate 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 letter j j perry paving a licensed and insured contracting company hey they'll meet their clients needs no matter how big or how small whether it's a brand new paving project or maybe just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed reach out to j perry paving get a free quote and remember no one's better for veterans two veterans than j perry paving if you are a veteran or related to one have them give them a call they may do their driveway for them 401-732-1730 find them on facebook and then the website is letter j j perrypaving.com you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at the website depetro.com now while you're there uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories folks we cover stories the rest of the media ignores it's real news whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute and then also we have some great sponsors there as well it is a happening check it each day it's dipetro.com brothers disposal call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- six eight eight zero five one seven whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings call brother's disposal today come on brother call brother's disposal 401-688-0517 look for them on facebook brother's disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 well health continues to be an important part of our daily lives that's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like Icee, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health stop it and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland 